UFOs and flying saucers and ETs and government conspiracies, but I've seen none of the above. If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles, lose my little mind. Hi, everybody, and welcome along to another episode of X Files Talk X Files. The only podcast that saves money by recycling material. That's right, the only podcast that saves money by recycling material. <laughs> Hi, I'm David Harwood, and with me today I have Tiffany Duvall from X-Files News. Hello! Hi Tiffany, thank you for joining me here on the only podcast that saves money by recycling material. <laughs> it's good to be here. We are talking Agua Mala Frutu Trevor. So, of course, in in that selection, we also have Monday, Arcadia, and Alpha from Season 6. So, not a lot of news to talk about in about the 10 minutes since we stopped recording last week's episode. (laughs) So, we're going to go straight on to the listener question today. And um, I didn't realize that this is actually one that was sent in by a friend of mine. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) The question is, um, what are the odds that Mulder and Scully never actually escapes the mushroom hallucination forest? And that's from at Polka Blues on Twitter. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) fans of William, go forth. (laughs) Yeah, there are a lot of fanfics about that. Um, of course, he's talking about the episode field trip here, and I, I should actually say that his original tweet ended with a hundred percent or a hundred and ten percent. So what he's saying is everything just should have stopped at field trip. That that's that's basically what he means, right? Well, I, I actually <laughs> talked about this on a previous podcast. I forget it was a few weeks ago, well, several weeks ago now. But I sort of gave a theory there that you know maybe that's something that actually did happen because there's a lot of stuff after that I don't like, but there's also a lot of stuff after that, <laughs> that I do like, and so that maybe the revival starts with Mulder and Scully being saved by these new agents who are investigating maybe. the X Files, uh, Agent Stoggett and Reyes, and that's how they still exist within the X Files world, but um, a lot of the other stuff, <coughs> Fight Club, never actually happened. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Alright. Well, I have, I have, a, feel, I have a feeling you don't that, like so that's that cool. theory. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting theory. I have a better theory, actually. I, I thought you might. I do. I have this theory that I think would be the most amazing thing in the world, except that I'm fairly certain 99% of X-Files fans uh, will probably send me hate mail once I say it, but... I thought it would be such a Chris Carter thing to do because he, you know, he enjoys torturing fans. So I thought it would be such a cool thing if in the, well, obviously not in the Revival series, but it would be neat at some point if it turns out that Scully never returned after being abducted in season two. I think you've mentioned this before. I probably have. But, I mean, how completely heartbreaking would that be? Because, like, you know, does Mulder choose the clone Scully that he's, you know, made a life with and had a child with? Or does, you know, like, how does that work? So. So you're saying that Scully was never actually returned, but a clone of Scully was returned? Yeah. A clone. What if if a clone of. And the clone of Scully doesn't realize she's a clone until the real Scully returns. 
Okay, I thought you were going to go for the it was all just a dream because that happens a lot in season six with Triangle and <laughs> Dreamland and Monday. and which, It depends on which part was the dream. It depends. Well, um, the super soldiers, can we say that that was a dream? That was a dream. <laughs> yeah, since we're on the subject of super soldiers, and last week we talked about people's expectations you know, for the new series, so... Here's one other expectation for the new series. How the hell is Cancer Man coming back? Like, is he, you know, I, are we thinking dream sequence? Are we thinking, I don't know for sure. I'm asking for opinions. I'm, okay. Is he a super soldier? I like, hadn't, I hadn't he really be given burned it. Alive I hadn't really s- given it that much thought because we've seen him being pushed down the stairs. We've seen him lose yeah. so much blood that nobody could possibly live. Um, but if he's a super soldier, Billy Miles came back from like a little part of a vertebrae. So I think he's got to have been definitively killed at the end of the truth. Otherwise, what was the point of the truth other than <laughs> a clip show? Um, okay, my theory, and I hadn't thought about it until about thirty seconds ago, was that <laughs> <laughs> in the in the two minute trailer that we see, we only ever see his hand at the yeah, end, and it's younger. And I, I, yeah. And that's yeah. what I was going to say. It kind of looks like Krychek's prosthetic hand is holding it. Flashback Really, because it does look younger. So we had that big flashback sequence that we know happens in 1947. Roswell, spoiler. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing that somebody's dyeing his hair and he's getting out the tape and pulling the skin back once more. And we're going to get a young CGB spender oh. in a flashback there. That's That's got to be what it is. Yeah. Because... It looks like they might be spending quite a bit of time on the flashbacky stuff there. Yeah. And so it makes sense to have somebody that the fans recognize from the show in those sequences rather than having that guy with the, you know, big glasses on. Yeah. So that yeah, that'd that, be cool. that would make sense. Uh, obviously this yeah. is all speculative. Uh, by the time this podcast goes out, you will actually know if that is the case or not. Because you went to <laughs> Comic Con and we hate yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All fingers crossed that everything goes the way it should. Then, uh, yeah, then I will be seen at a Comic Con, and then I'll know. I'll know in a week how Cancer Man comes back, and then so, I won't be able to tell anyone. You will actually know uh, a few weeks no. before this podcast goes up what the case yes, is. Yes, so, it's true. Yeah. To be quite honest, I'm betting probably seventy percent of the fandom will also know. Yes. By that yeah. point. But so, for, for listeners, what, what that, for listeners that don't want spoilers, we aren't going to yes. do any legitimate spoilers on here. Yeah. Everything we're talking about is pure speculation. Yeah. And um, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we come to it as to how I or other people can speculate when people like yeah. you who've seen it. Yeah, uh, I know. I'll um, have to watch so. what I say. I will say, though, that for Comic-Con, what happens at Comic-Con does not ever stay at Comic-Con. Yeah, I think so. everybody noticed <laughs> that after the California one this year. Yeah. You know, so I, I imagine that pretty much everyone will be Tumbling and Twittering and and Facebooking, and I I would be shocked if by say, Saturday night or Sunday morning, there weren't, you know, pieces of it being leaked. And, and sure. this security is going to be really tight. So, I mean, I imagine it would be 
difficult to get in there and, and you know record a full episode but i mean it happens all the time that's going to so. be a unique experience for you watching the first episode my struggle where we know it's all about the whole government surveillance and stuff yeah. with all these security guards watching everybody yes. watching the show <laughs> with like infrared cameras i mean they're like pulling out all the stops for trying to keep people from uh from taping this this uh premiere so yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be, you know, because it, it's it's cool for me as a fan to get to see it. Um, you know, at the same time, of course, for X-Files News, I'll be there as press. So it's always an interesting kind of line that we, those of us that work with X-Files News, tend to have to walk because we are fans. But at the same time, we, we're very professional people in our, our work lives. And so it's, um, you know, it's... Some of the time at Comic-Cons, we're geeking out and going nuts, and other parts of the time, we're, like, schooling our features and interviewing people, and, uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting kind of dynamic to kind of sway between one and the other, so it'll, it'll be fun, though. I, um, I really like going to these things and talking to the fans. I think that it's so cool to just kind of, we tend to pop up on people in the lines and stuff, so we just kind of, like... You know, half of us will be off interviewing someone, and half of us will kind of be walking the floor, and we'll just pull random people aside and strike up a conversation. So, um, you know, so if anyone's listening to this and happens to to see us doing that, we're not stalking you. It's just, you know, it's something we do for fun. Well, it might we be like good talking. to tell people that in advance, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, this will air after that, so. Yeah, now you'll know. Now they'll know who those crazy people were that they saw walking around the Comic Con floor. <laughs> yeah, this episode is actually going to go live on the twenty third, so it's going to be a couple oh. of weeks after. There you go. So, uh, but that's who the weird people who were who were yeah. chasing you and talking. Yeah, and um, like passing out things and like asking you questions or like trivia about episodes and yeah. Yeah. So then they'll know. Are there any interviews that you guys have planned that are going to go up on your guys' podcast? Um, we, well, yeah, I mean, we're there as, uh, we're there as Comic-Con press, so X-Files News, of course, each year, we tend to do press for each, um, you know, Comic-Con style event that we go to, and then we sometimes are there, uh, as kind of press or a guest of a network, so we're talking with, with different people, and of course we have, um, different things that we're trying to line up. So I hesitate to say who we plan on talking to, but rest assured X-Files will be involved. Man in the High Castle will also be involved. So, um, you know, it'll be exciting, definitely. Of course, by the time this airs, um, that should probably, well, yeah, everyone will probably have already (laughs) seen the tweets and and photos and, and whatnot of the stuff we'll be doing, but... It'll be fun, that's for sure. Great. So, Polka, in answer to your question, it's 110%. All right, (laughs) on to the episode discussion. Uh, First episode today is Agua Mala, which um, sees Mulder and Scully roll down to Florida with all the rest of the nuts and investigate a sea monster uh, which does not just live in the water, it is water. In the middle of a hurricane. Yes. So, and I just want to say this is kind of um, strange in a way because it, it's accepted that after one sun you go into Aguamala Monday and Arcadia, 
But Arcadia was actually shot before uh, Aguamala and Monday. And I'm guessing it's because of Rob Bowman directed One Son and Aguamala. That's how they did it production-wise. Um, but there's a line in Arcadia where Mulder's like, this is our first case back on the X-Files and this is what we're doing. And everyone's like, what? You've just been down to Florida and you repeated the day over yeah. and over again. But I, that's why there's a little bit of continuity error there. But uh, it's, you know, this is the... Uh, the normal way of unit is one yeah. sun, Aguamala, Monday, and then Arcadia. I just, I just so. ignore that part. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to clarify because we did do things, you know, slightly um, not in not in uh, broadcast order when we were around Leonard Betts because you can't do Leonard Betts and then never again. Yeah. So, I just wanted to clarify that for this bit, um, but yeah. <laughs> Aguamala, um, of course, it's a, it's a good episode. Uh, after a lot of the Sunshine and Lollipops episodes that we've had in the first half of Season 6, which, uh, if you've listened to the podcast with uh, myself and Kava, uh, we go into that a little bit. <laughs> uh, but this is a, a good one where it's dark, it's in the middle of a hurricane, it, everybody is soaking wet, and you get Arthur Dales uh, making a, a repeat appearance in it, uh, who, of course, was in um, Travelers. I think it's a pretty decent episode, and it's probably one of the one of my favorite ones yeah. of season six. Yeah, um, I have a love hate relationship with season six. Oh, do you really? Yeah, That's sad. Yeah, um, it hasn't gone up live yet, but listen to the podcasts that me and Kava did of the first um, ten episodes or whatever. I know, uh, I do talk about that a little bit, but I like if you Aguamala. If you said anything negative about Tythonist, I might have to hurt you. Um... <laughs> Look at you thinking, you're like, mm, oh no. I, I, th- I think that I said that it was on a par with Mind's Eye, um, but the one that I mainly went after was The Rain King. Which is, oh, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I'll go after Jeffrey Bell's other episode in a little bit, so... <laughs> <laughs> You talk about Agomala now, Tiffany. <laughs> Agomala. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I really... Th- we're in, like, the best set of episodes for me in Season 6. Agomala, Monday, Arcadia, Alpha. Um, it, it's... And, of course, then Trevor. It's, um... Agomala is so good because, of course, you've got Arthur Dales in it, and they go down to Florida to, you know, solve this case of this sea monster in a hurricane. And I remember thinking when watching it about why, why are all the mobile homes and the RVs in Florida where all the hurricanes are hitting? So, um... Well, it's it's just the whole. How did they even get down there? I mean, yeah. there's a hurricane blowing in, and so they hop on a plane and they get down there before the hurricane yeah. actually makes landfall. And two things I want to talk about this is it's the same sort of thing as in Demons, where Scully travels, you know, halfway across the country in about twenty minutes when <laughs> Mulder is sitting in the shower. Um, so that that's point one. <laughs> Maybe it was uh, a really long shower. We should we should get Jessica and Roy to do that, debunk that, you know. You <laughs> scientifically. Should. We should. They would have like Screw getting back from Antarctica. How the yeah. hell did he get how the hell did she get up there so yeah. fast? And also, um when Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, um 
that was the summer after I graduated from college, and I was traveling around America, happy-go-lucky British bloke, um, and we were on a train going down to New Orleans because, you know, we'd heard on the news or whatever that there was a storm coming in, and like, we didn't we didn't know uh, <laughs> just how big of a deal it, it was going to be. And yeah. um, basically, they stopped the train in Birmingham, Alabama, and kicked us off. And there were three, three British guys with huge rucksacks on, in not Alabama. having a clue where we are <laughs> in Alabama because of this storm. And we were just wandering around downtown Alabama on a Sunday or something, and it was absolutely deserted. <laughs> there was a bell going somewhere, and there was one other person that we saw just sort of scuttling in and out of the shadows, and it was so bizarre. Yeah. Um, basically, if we couldn't get even down to the same state when there's a hurricane coming in on a train. How did Maldrum Scully fly into Florida and, yeah. and get there? And then drive. Yeah, that, that's yeah. where I was going with that. To an RV park that is so close to the coast that like the winds are lashing the door to where they can barely get out of it. Yeah. Um, and Arthur Dales doesn't board yeah. up his doors or windows. No, not at all. He's sitting there drinking. Like I don't think he cares that there's a hurricane. So, other than the fact that there's a sea monster that it, that is, you know, not a very traditional sea monster because, you know, we're, we're thinking like this giant squid octopus type thing. And, you know, certainly this thing ends up having tentacles, but it is the water like that. I thought that was an interesting play on doing a sea monster on the X-Files. It really did. The fact that um, it's like when, you know, of course, one of the people that is in the condominium complex uh, that they're trapped in. Is, is gone into labor and is getting ready to have a baby. And, um, you know, they realize it's, Scully realizes it's the water as she's kind of getting ready to wash off her gloved hands to deliver this baby. And then you're just kind of like, well, water is used for everything. Like, how are they going to get out of this without getting touched by water? I mean, it's a hurricane outside. Um, so there's a lot of funny moments i think in this episode between all the characters and you know, we're used to seeing Mulder and scully together a lot and this time you kind of have this group of sideline characters that um you know scully is getting of course Mulder to some extent gets to play off of uh so that's fun and there's some really comedic moments in it yeah it's uh, like a comedic version of ice in a way yeah yeah it's much better than ice um i i think but, yeah, it is kind of like a comedic version of, of Ice. And then, of course, you have Scully getting held at gunpoint uh, when she realizes that Mulder has been attacked, you know, by the sea monster. And she's trying to help him. And then, then they're like, well, you couldn't save the deputy, you know, because some idiot knocked the thing of salt into the bathtub, uh, which, of course, turned it to salt water, which meant that the, you know, sea monster could get into it and kill the guy. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I, I really, I like Aguamala for all of its supporting cast and the way that they all kind of play off of each other. And then, of course, Scully having to deliver what they said it was like. She's, she calls him El Nino Grande, or so he's like a 10-pound baby or something that they've delivered in this apartment. So, um, and then I like the end where Arthur Dales keeps basically telling Mulder that Scully saved him, you know, yeah. and Mulder can't <laughs> yes. admit it. He's like, no, you know. So that that was a really cute 
scene. So it was, you know, it was kind of, you know, some parts dramatic and a lot of parts funny and it gelled really well. Yeah, I, you know, I think it, it probably doesn't rank up there as, as one of the better episodes. I mean, when you look at, well, I'm not okay, let me rephrase that. It, it's not... <laughs> It's not a bad episode by any means. It's no. but when you look at some of the other episodes in season six, Drive yeah. and Triangle, I mean those two are, I think are phenomenal episodes. So yeah. after the sort of wave of episodes that we've had of the Rain King and then Two Fathers One Son, it's a nice breath of fresh air that it, yeah. it's just a classic dirty X File. Yeah, you're in and out in forty five minutes. You haven't got the California sun. You've got the Florida rain. It's dark. You know, it, it's a nice change of pace, and it's just simple. It does what it says on the tin, and it's it's a good yeah, hour of television. Definitely. So, uh, from that onto more of a comedic episode, but it's one that you can't help but love. It's Monday. Yeah, I love this episode. Which it's... is not inspired by Groundhog Day. It is inspired by an episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> I really like Monday. I like that, um, you, of course, you have the, the same thing essentially happens you know, the entire time. But it's cool that with each, like, you know, Mulder is figuring out each time, kind of getting closer and closer to what is happening. Uh, to where towards the end you get into the scene where he's repeating to himself as he's about to be blown up and killed in a horrific way. He's repeating to himself, you know, he's got a bomb. He's got a bomb. He's got a bomb. He's got a bomb. Yeah. Hoping yeah, that his you know, subconscious can bring it into his th- this next life, essentially, that he's getting ready to It's live. so cool in that, in that next iteration, then, when he is standing in line, he's just sort of looking around and he sees him and he just Yeah, and he just starts- knows minding yeah. it to himself yeah he's, he's like his lips cool are bit. moving yeah i thought that was really cool i thought the um his his reaction to you know he he of course is is used to having his partner with him in situations like this and you know this time he's just in a bank going to deposit a check and so when he's lying on the floor being held at gunpoint and he sees scully walking across the street to come into the bank he immediately is is you know talking to the to the you know bank robber so to speak. He's kind of like you know go go lock the door. You you know you didn't lock the door. You forgot to lock the door. You forgot uh, to lock the door, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, and then of course he startles Scully. Scully startles him. Mulder of course pulls a gun, and then you know Mulder gets shot in the chest. So. Um, it's a really cool teaser sequence as well because nobody yeah. is expecting to see Mulder and Scully die in a no. bank robbery explosion yeah. mid-season. Yeah, and it's kind of it's it's very well acted between the two of them as well. I mean, um, e- in each time that they die, it's you know you have some very dramatic moments where, of course, the one, there's the one shot where she's screaming as she realizes you know that he's flipping the switch and. You know, it's just like, it, it's awful. And you keep having to watch it over and over and over. But then it's interspersed with some really comedic moments like Mulder, you know, popping his waterbed and then, uh, you know, tripping on his way to the the uh, alarm clock or what have you. So, I don't know. It's my, I really like Monday. Yeah, I do too. And it's really good directing work by Kim Anners as well. That yeah. You have this thing where essentially you have 
three, maybe four scenes which are just repeated. You have, you know, Mulder waking up, you have the two of them in their yeah. office, you have the bank, and then you have the meeting in Skinner's office. That's really yeah. it. You know, a couple of others dotted in here and there. But just, that's what the episode is, just those scenes repeated, repeated, repeated. Yeah. And even though there's a lot in the writing as to how there's slight subtle differences in each one in terms of, you know, what Mulder says on the phone, whether he trips over his shoes or when he trips over his shoes. Yeah. And um, what the guy writes down on the the bank, on the, on the note when he's saying that he's going to rob the bank. Um, but it's really the directing by Kate Manners which helps to stop the episode from going stale because yeah. it would have been so easy for it to just be repetitive. And each one is so fresh. I mean, yes. it's just a very fresh take and you're as an audience member you're drawn into it because you're trying to pick apart the clues each time because you're getting little bits and pieces and glimpses into what happens each time you know with each revolution so it's um it, it was so well done and then of course the the special effects with the uh bank explosion was yes. very well done as well there's some nice little subtle touches as well because i think after um, the girlfriend approaches Mulder and he sort of does maybe it's the one before that he's got he's got a bomb or something mm -hmm. that um, before he wakes up you actually see the newspaper get thrown against his door like about five or six times indicating that they've gone through this cycle several more times now and we're going back into it at yeah. this point um, which I guess is allowing Mulder to sort of build up that um, or really break down his resistance to what she's telling him so that he can take it on board so that the next go-around, he can hopefully stop it. Yeah. And I think on that final go-around, we don't get any of the comedy from the waterbed and stuff. Instead, it's yeah. the scenes that we've seen before, but kind of in a slow-motion sort of way with in silence with just the music playing, sort of indicating, okay, this is we're finally getting to the bit now where it's Some all going to come resolution. to a head. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Monday is a very, very strong episode. It's it's definitely one of my favorite episodes of season six. Yeah, it's a very good one. Yeah, <laughs> it's an easy one to watch as well. You know. And, yeah. Um, you know, I guess it bears some sort of resemblance to Bad Blood because you have there you have the the same story told twice, but differing yeah. perspectives. And here it's kind of slightly different each time something happens. Um, it reminds me a bit of Lazarus too, uh, back from season. One, yeah, it's a season that, one. Way back, yeah, back from season one, um, with of course Scully, and that, at that point is is in the bank with uh, Willis, you know Jack Willis. So, you know, this time of course she's she's enduring a bank robbery with Mulder. So it's I don't know, it's interesting the way she and Jack worked versus the way she and Mulder work after being you know together all this time. So even though she and Jack, of course, had a, a romantic relationship. And that would but never I digress. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never happen this time. Yeah. <laughs> if so, you ask Abby, that, it was already happening. Okay. This, but that's well, just her. That's a very good segue into the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Which is Arcadia, which of course is famous for the shit monster, as the yes. as the crew called it. Um, yeah. So basically, this is about a perfect. Uh, idyllic planned neighborhood in san diego and uh if you don't follow the uh the homeowner's rule the uh, what's it the uh, 
homeowners associations it's rules CCNRs, yeah. yes, CCNRs, <laughs> that basically this monster made out of garbage uh shit basically comes and kills yeah. you um i think that's all that the episode is noted for isn't it tiffany no no what are you talking about it's no it's noted for so many things first of all first of all the fake ring scully is wearing come on that oh, thing that, is uh, gorgeous that's right they go undercover as a married couple yeah how could i have forgotten couple. that yeah i don't know Golly. but that rock is is beautiful I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, now on Netflix, because, you know, it's in HD, you just, like, freeze it when she's coming down the stairs and she has the, um... Ted Nevinen's... Whatever the... The thing for the fireplace. What's it that you poke... The poker. The fire uh-huh. poker? Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's coming down the stairs with the fire poker and there's that close-up kind of on her hand and the ring kind of glints, you know? I, I don't think... I, I, yeah. I have not once noticed the ring that she had on there. Of course you haven't. But oh. I, but uh, that bit where she's coming down the stairs—that's a really cool little like horror movie kind of thing. Yeah. Because, you know, her gun has been stolen at this point, so she yeah. can't use it, and so it's quite cool that she's going around like that. Yeah. Basically, like there's an invader the in her home, so you have these cool things that you've seen in horror movies millions of times you've never seen on the X Files until now. And she almost takes Mulder's head off with the fire poker. So, um, yeah, there's this whole episode is just it's. It's basically like fan fiction come to life. (laughs) God, it really is. (laughs) It it is. It's, you know, it's kind of like the whole joke in fan fiction is like Mulder and Scully go to the FBI ball and Mulder and Scully, you know, those kind of fan fiction cliches and things. And this kind of took what would be a fan fiction cliche, which is Mulder and Scully have to go undercover as a married couple, only it makes it hysterical and, and just super interesting. Uh, and to throw on top of it, it's about a shit monster. Like nothing on paper in this episode should ever have worked. And yet it was amazing. Uh, so I I don't like, if you had walked up to somebody and said, Hey, Mulder and Scully are going to pose as a married couple. And there's this monster made out of like garbage and shit that comes after them. Like you would be thinking, what? That sounds like the stupidest X-File ever. But (laughs) no, I disagree with that. I mean, the pitch of this episode has got to have been Mulder and Scully go undercover as a married couple. And it could have done anything at all within that concept. The fact that they came up with a pretty decent story, you know, that that actually has some layers to it and actually says something about society is amazing because they could have just done Mulder and Scully go undercover as a married couple. Yeah. You've got your TV promo shot there with them standing in the front door and with him in the pink, with him in the pink polo, it would have had amazing ratings. You know, yeah. that's all with people sweater, would have cared about. But the fact tied. that <laughs> it is a, le- a legitimately good episode, yeah, you know, speaks volumes. And it, it, yeah. What I love so much about it is, even though they're posing as this married couple, they're still so them. You know, it's still so Mulder and Scully, and there's the play and the back and forth between the two, only you get so much more of it because they're living together for this episode. So it's kind of this continual back and forth and I don't it's so much fun. Arcadia is so much fun. And you know, the conversation where they're sitting at the dinner table and Mulder's talking about Scully, he's like, Oh, you know, I got into all this stuff because of yeah. my wife here. She's into all the crystals yeah. and all that we stuff. We met at a UFO conference. Yeah. She's the, the one who's really space. into it. Yeah, she's like, you bastard. 
You know, I mean, it's it's just it's hilarious. I mean, from start to finish, and she you know she comes out wearing the facial mask, and it it's just so I've I don't know I I haven't seen another show do this this well. You know, Cause it it really is like fanfic come to life. Only they really make it work amazingly. This is the only script that um, Daniel Arkin actually wrote for the show. He was a first-year staff writer, and he pitched this idea. Oh, wow. And um, he's done a a phenomenal job. I mean, it really is. I mean, you can joke about it being, you know, fanfic come to life and stuff, but it is a really solid episode. I mean, it's not just uh, kind of one that appeals to the shippers. It's one that appeals to everybody because, yes, you have those moments of Mulder and Scully sort of bantering yeah. and sort of living together but whether you're a shipper or not you can appreciate well, exactly. those and there's so much humour there and yeah. you know it does I mean, make you partners. fall in love with they're them both friends. as a couple like that yeah you know? yeah I mean it's cool because you, you know you don't have to want them to you know jump in the bed and like have sex on screen many of us did but that you know it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way with them that's what's so amazing about Mulder and Scully is they are so amazing as a partnership as a, as a team you know it doesn't have to be about the sex or the forehead snog or anything else uh, isn't they it just, just much more yeah. intimate to see them arguing about how to squeeze the toothpaste yes it is yeah it truly is so it, it's great i love it i love this i episode. love that episode too i mean yeah you could kind of say okay the monster isn't the greatest but it's a solid story regardless yeah and i'm a big fan of this one yeah, yeah. monday and arcadia you know, easily the best two of uh, this five, and Agamala yeah. is you know not far behind. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say about Arcadia? Um, no. Okay. Other than the fact that I'm going to watch it again after this podcast, just because <laughs> now that we're talking about it, I want to watch it again. Uh, I watched it a couple of days ago, so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do like that episode. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, <laughs> Alpha, the next episode, I hate this episode. <laughs> I don't particularly like it either. Actually, I only have one part about it that I really like, and it's when Scully confronts the, um, the see, I hate, I don't love it enough to even remember her name. Karen, but, I think. Yeah, yeah, Scully confronts her about her... Um, not feelings per se, but kind of her advances toward Mulder. I thought that was a very interesting part of this episode where Scully basically is accusing Karen of using her feminine wiles to get Mulder on this case. And, you know, Karen's kind of like, well, I don't have the, I'm not like you, she says to Scully. You know, I don't have those feminine wiles. And Scully tells her she's watching her, you know, and I thought that was, you know, kind of interesting there scully's trying to uh control her man thought that was cool that just went way over your head didn't it david you're like what no i just fucking hate this episode it, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere and it, it's written by jeffrey bell who um who wrote rain king which i criticized a couple of oh. podcasts ago with caver so apologize <laughs> apologies to him i will say i do like I, I i actually love his two season seven episodes that he wrote the goldberg variation signs and wonders oh yeah but i i hate this episode i hate it more than the rain king and 
it's everything just seems so off here. This needed yeah. to go through Chris Carter's um, typewriter or screenwriting software at least one more time before it went into production because the re- the relationship between Mulder and Scully just does not seem right. Yeah, Mulder's yeah. sense of humor does not seem right. He's making a lot of puns here. You haven't got his normal dry sense of humor. And the pacing of the episode, I think, is awful. The story doesn't make any sense because um, this this guy, Detweiler, is supposedly can transform into the dog, but he can only do it at night. And yet, already throughout the episode, we've seen multiple instances where him and the dog are in different places at the same time, often during daylight. Yes, yeah. Um, There are scenes which are really repetitive and seem out of order. There's a bit where Mulder confronts Detweiler with his theory, saying that um, me and Karen have spoken and we think that you can actually shapeshift into the dog. And then the scene (laughs) after that is when him and Karen actually sit down and hash out that theory. And then the scene after that, Mulder explains the same thing that we've just heard twice uh, he explains to Scully then, so we get to hear it for a third time. And then out of the blue, the dog can shapeshift into another dog. And I hate this episode. <laughs> <laughs> See, and and you remember all of these things about this episode. And all I, I remember it. I watched is... it today. <laughs> watched yeah, it today. all I remember Because I knew Scully... I didn't like it. And so I, yeah. I sat there with a notepad going, yeah, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> I I remember... All I remember is Scully confronting Karen, and then the very last scene where Scully sits on Mulder's desk and they're talking, and the shot is so fucking gorgeous that just, like, it blows my mind. It just, the entire episode could just disappear, and it's basically just the ship for about ten seconds where Scully confronts Karen and the very last scene of the episode. Okay. That's all I take from Alpha, honestly, which is terrible because I can watch an episode and not just watch the ship. But for me, it's got to be like a good episode for that to happen. And so for generally when I don't remember a lot about an episode other than one or two shippy scenes, it usually means I wasn't super thrilled with the episode itself. So so are we in agreement then that um, Shapes sta- still stands as the best werewolf-like episode of the show? Shapes? Oh, yeah. I think so. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I like Shapes better than Alpha. Yeah, uh, Darren Morgan sure. maybe could <laughs> could do better, but I, I do still like Shapes. I, I, I hate Alpha. Okay, yeah. okay I'm going to say it at this point. We haven't been through the entire show yet. Fight Club, I think, is probably the worst episode. I think this is probably number two for me. Trevor or Alpha? Alpha. Alpha, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Fight Club is probably, I don't know, what else is in that season? Hang on a minute, let's see. And granted, we have, we have a few, quite a few misses in season eight and season nine. Not as much of a miss as Fight Club, though. No. Let's see, scrolling through, no, you know, I can, I can tolerate all of season eight, I think. Um, season, you know what? Mm, No, I'm going to call you on that. Sunshine Days. I can't take that episode after William. I can't do it. I just can't do it. You have release in between William uh, and Sunshine Days. I'm but it just keep telling you that it doesn't make sense. You can't 
No, I just, I, yeah, Sunshine Days I would have loved if it were in season seven. Or eight, for that matter. Okay. Not in season nine. There's so much good stuff about Sunshine Days. I know, it's we, a great which episode. Which we will get to. Uh, no, I mean, I, I don't have a problem. I don't is... have a problem with the placement of it. Uh, granted, I probably wasn't as invested in the whole William storyline as you were. Well, yeah, but I but think it means... it's just. Yeah, but it's okay. It's it's Vince Gilligan's way of signing off the show by, you know, doing a, a not too subtle um, statement about how TV shows mean so much to people that watch. Yeah. Them. So I don't have a problem with it. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched that one, so we will talk about it in more detail when we get there. Um, I'm anticipating that there probably is some sort of character um, continuity it's problems. One, it's, it's really just but one But when scene. hasn't there been character continuity yeah, problems? Yeah, it's honestly, I'm okay with Sunshine Days until the last two minutes. And it's when they're in the hospital and talking and Scully is just like a whole other fucking person. Uh, it just, it blows my mind. And I think there's no way. I'm like, there's no way that you gave up your baby and this quickly are saying that line. Like I, for me, it doesn't feel like it gels there, but I like sunshine days as an episode. So it's tough for me because I love it, but I hate it where it's placed, you know? But that's okay. We don't have to agree on everything, David. No, I know. <laughs> we clearly don't agree on Milagro, and that'll come up next time. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you'd forget about that. You're like, can I call in sick that episode? <laughs> <laughs> you and Avi can handle that on your yeah, own. Yeah, well, it'll you? just be Avi and I. We'll just talk about Milagro. Yeah, that, that's fine. I'll I'll join you for the unnatural. <laughs> Okay, but be- before we get on to Milagro, we do have one more episode yes, to talk about for this podcast. Uh, this is Trevor, um, which is actually co-written by Ken Harilu, I think is how you say his name, who was the props master for the show back when it was shooting in Vancouver through to season five. Uh, so he co-wrote this episode, uh, which is about uh, um, uh, prison inmates who gets stranded out uh, in the middle of the desert during a tornado, and then he magically gets the power to walk through walls, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never one that I was particularly fond of, um, but rewatching it for the show, um, it was actually a lot better than I remembered it to be. I thought it had a kind of season four sort of vibe to it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it's it's decent. Um you know the the story works. There's not a whole lot of characters, and so you have a nice little twist in there um, as things get discovered. But uh, yeah, it's not great. But it's far from one of the worst episodes of season yeah. six. I think what makes it good is the fact that he can go through walls and stuff, but he can't go through glass. I think that. Him, like the scenes where he, you know, is, try- is writing on the wall, but he can't write through the mirror or uh, or the picture frame. And then the scene where he is, um, you know, gets hit in the face with the thing of soup that's, yeah. of course, like a, a glass or, yeah, glass pan or what have you. 
And then, you know, of course, with Scully, when Scully takes the little boy, Trevor, into the uh, phone booth, I thought that was a really cool scene where he's, you know, banging on the phone booth and she's trying to use her gun to kind of hold it together and he can't get through, so he picks up a rock. Um, What I like about this episode is that, uh, you know, he's doing everything that he can to be with his son, who's really been hidden from him for good reason. He's a bad guy. Um, But he's, you know, all of this and all of this pain and suffering that he's causing to get to his son. But when Scully has his son in that booth and she's, you know, kind of protecting him in that sort of motherly way. And of course he had just criticized, you know, he's been criticizing the boy's mother for how she treats him. When he throws the rock through the phone booth and realizes how terrified his child is, he stops. And I think for him as, as a character, that's such a great scene because all of this time, he's just trying to get to his kid, and it's been about him and what he wants. And now that he realizes that his actions are affecting this child, and and realizes how terrified that child is, you know, he looks at his son and he looks at Scully, and he just backs away. Uh, of course, that that's when the boy's mother, you know, hits him with her car, and he hits the windshield and gets torn into you know pieces. But um, that is really the redeeming part of the episode for me. Is because it's not super interesting and it's okay, you know, here and there. But the, you know, that one scene where he just kind of looks at his child and it clicks for him that this is not what's best for that child. I, I thought that was that was a really cool. Um, it's a shame the episode probably could have been better if if other things were a bit different. But I thought that was a strong part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's not a standout episode, but. It's decent. I mean, it's, you know, they got the Mulder and Scully relationship right. Yeah. uh, Which is more than can be said for Alpha. That. (laughs) And, um, you know, and they do something a little bit different with it because Mulder's kind of like, oh, I don't know if I have a theory. And so Scully's trying to preempt him with spontaneous human combustion or or something (laughs) else, you know. And, I mean, that's, you know, you can tell the writers understand these characters. Yeah. You know? Uh, even though they're doing something different from the norm, they get how these characters interact with each other. So you can't fault them on that front. Um, you know, and like I said, there's only a small group of characters who are in this, even though um, the guy Pinker is off trying to find his son for it. We keep coming back to his ex-girlfriend and her sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you've you got some good character work going on here, how... It's really a small story, but it seems so much bigger than it actually is. And, um, you know, you have some nice comedic moments in there as well where he's sort of just broken out of prison and he's... Okay, granted, there's some continuity problems that sometimes he can walk through walls with clothes on, other times he has to be completely naked. (laughs) Um, But that aside, the bit where he's... um, in the store and he's stealing the clothes or whatever and trying on the shoes it is a nice little bit. Um, but yeah, then later on he has to take off all his clothes in order to walk through a wall. Doesn't yeah. really make sense. Um, but ignore me, it is a decent episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, and of course you've got Mulder with that shot of him and the shotgun there at the end, which is, you know, you're so used to seeing Mulder with his 
nine millimeter or his you know police issued Glock or whatever he's carrying, and then all of a sudden you see him walking through this lady's yard in the dark with a shotgun. So yeah, with the rubber. That bullets. was interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, of course, it's it's another villain who scrawls the same message in various places, which we haven't seen for a while. I think we had two of them in season two, and yeah, they've kind of let that go. So it's nice. We'll see, we'll see it again soon. Yes, and um, apparently Ken Harrod, who actually wrote several scripts for the show, um, I guess he was sort of practicing his screenwriting skills back when uh, he was working on the show up in Vancouver and he never showed Chris or anybody any of his scripts um, until this one. Which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I think Trevor's decent. Yeah. Not a favourite, but, uh, yeah, Alfred is awful. Awful. (laughs) (laughs) All right, anything else to say about any of these episodes? No, I think that's it. Okay. I think we pretty well covered them. Okay, and on that note, uh, let's go on to the quiz for today. And apologies, I am working off post-it notes (laughs) this week. (laughs) So, uh, five questions. Let's start off with two from Agua Mala, which I love saying. I'm probably... I know. I'm probably absolutely butchering the Spanish, but... No, 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 you've got it right. Agua Mala. Agua Mala. Yeah. Okay. Question one. What is the name of the hurricane? Are you serious? I am serious. Come on, you know me. Um, um, what does it start with? L. Oh, well, then I... Well... Oh, my gosh. I really don't know. Hurricane Leroy. Oh, Leroy. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. Okay. So, second question from Aguamala is, um... Where does the Shipley's cat hide? In the washing machine. Correct. Ding. Don't they name the baby after the hurricane? I don't. You said the baby's name earlier, didn't you? And no, I don't think. Well, they called him. She Scully joked and called him El Nino Grande, but oh. um, I feel like they named the be the baby. Or no, maybe he was named after the dad. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's oh, well. named after the dad. I'll have to go back and watch. He has like five names or something, but I'll have to go back and watch it. Yes, yeah, I vaguely remember that. <laughs> junior. I know it ends in junior. <laughs> just It was just angry Puerto Rican, angry Puerto Rican junior, yes. isn't it? <laughs> okay. Uh, question three. In Monday, what excuse does Mulder give for having a waterbed? Um, what excuse does Mulder give? Because he doesn't remember where he got the bed. Yeah, from. no, he doesn't. But what is the excuse does he give? Does he give an excuse? I guess he does. I think it's the first time around. Well, because she says, like, since when did you get a water bed? But he says it says something at one point when the landlord calls him. He's like, it's coming through down there. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, I, I know I'm not supposed to have one. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember what he says. He says it was a gift, I think. Oh. 
He only knew that he and Scully almost made out on that bed. Yes. <laughs> Until she threatened to shoot off his balls. <laughs> well, she did. Yes, yes. Yes, she did. Baby me, baby me, and you'll be peeing through the catheter. I see through what her saying. Yeah, she just doesn't have much luck, does she? I mean, <laughs> no. First, it was the guy in small potatoes. <laughs> I know. Okay. Apparently, quest- if you look like Mulder, you can totally get into her pants. Yeah, well, that says something, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Question uh, four uh, from Arcadia. What company does Mr. Gogolak run? Pier 9. It is. Yeah. Pier 9 Imports. Which has is, lots of wicker furniture. Yeah, which is funny because I actually walk past the um, corporate headquarters for Pier for 1. Pier 1. Every yeah. day. <laughs> uh, question 5 from Trevor. How much money did Pinker Rawls steal? Uh, how much money... I feel like it wasn't like a huge number. Um, I don't. I don't know. I'm thinking like forty thousand, but I'm. I feel like that's wrong. What? How much did he steal? Ninety thousand. Wow. So a lot more than that. But see, you know, he could have stolen like a million, and he didn't. Yeah. Unless he couldn't walk through walls then, though, could he? So it's true. I bet he could steal it now. Yeah. Well, now he's dead. But if he had thought that through. Yeah, if he'd put it through, he could have gotten arrested for a smaller amount, gained those superpowers. <laughs> yes, not and then gone stolen after a larger son. amount. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so two out of five. So way to be consistent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you have enjoyed the show. Uh, Tiffany will be back next week uh, with Avi. And I uh, think that we are doing uh, the unnatural, free of a kind, and field trip. So. I'm pretty sure you're missing one. I don't think so. I, I think you left an episode out. You better, you better block some time next week for Milagro. Let's see. Well, on the unnatural too. Yeah, we'll have to talk about this too. But M- Milagro is is Frank's baby, man. We got to talk about Frank Spotnitz's baby. So we will be back next week. <laughs> um, in the meantime, go ahead, check out X-Files, talk um, That's sort of the homepage for this podcast, but there's other stuff that I'm putting up on there as well because it's it's my blog for all things sort of film and TV related. Um, while you're there, please be sure to click on the uh, big Amazon logo. It's an affiliate link, which means if you click on that and go to Amazon and do some, say, Christmas shopping... Any money that you spend, um, a little bit of that will come back and help support this podcast. It won't cost you anything extra. It's just because we've sent you there, uh, we get credit for that. So please go ahead and do that. Um, Also, please reach out to me. Follow me on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm David T. Howard on both of those. I'm sharing a bit of XR stuff on there, um, but also some just general film and TV related stuff. If you want a lot of just pure X-Files goodness, uh, go to xfilesnews.com, follow them on Twitter, Facebook, uh, pretty much 
everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, and uh, yeah. if you want to follow Tiffany, you can do that on Twitter too. What's your Twitter handle, Tiffany? It's at T-Devol, T-D-E-V-O-L. And I'm going to start spamming David's feed with uh, Milagro quotes. So then you can comment on those. Um, something, something, bleeding heart. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, join us next week. It's going to be me, Tiffany, and RV. Well, let, let's be honest. It's, it's mainly going to be Tiffany and RV. Yeah, talking David, you... David will just be holding the report. <laughs> It'll T- be all right. Talking Milagro. Yeah. And uh, I might chip in with the unnatural free of a kind on field trip if yeah. we can get to it. I'm really hoping that we keep that episode shorter than the last one with you two. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I know. It was insane. See, Abby and I separately talk a lot. Abby and I together are like the equivalent of five people in a conversation when there's just two of us. This is true. So, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. No, but I am sorry to David. He puts up with a lot. So, um, yeah, I might, I, what I might do, uh, listeners, is at the beginning of next week's episode, maybe I, maybe I can do like a PSA as to skip forward to the 50 minute mark if you want right. to start with the unnatural. <laughs> oh, we're so terrible. It'll be awesome. It'll be fun. Yeah. So I hope that everybody does tune in <laughs> for that. Uh, thank you for listening. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm David Howard, and you have been listening to X-Files Talk X-Files, the only podcast that saves money by recycling material. I did, I think I probably would